Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And we are talking about our second favorite food item, I would say, right? After pizza, would you say? Coffee? Is that a food? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. I guess you could freeze it and then eat it, but it seems more like a beverage. Well, you know what I mean? At, le- at, at, at least we talk about, we, I know you and I tend to talk about coffee a lot for some reason too it seems like it comes up i don't know if it's on the podcast or otherwise or we're just happening to be drinking coffee at a coffee shop but well it's possible i I mean i i don't like starbucks which is what we're going to talk about today and i think i've mentioned that multiple many times how it's it's more of a convenience like basically it's my if i need coffee and it's the only option available is the only time i ever go there and even when people want to meet at starbucks i'm always reluctant and try to <laughs> try to go somewhere else i don't necessarily try i I'll, i mean now i pretty much i oftentimes just suggest where we should go it's not that i don't like starbucks nor do i like it it's just you know i have had great coffee and there is a difference but i'm also very tolerable to different degrees of of quality so <laughs> yeah that's a thing i i will say i mean i i only drink iced coffee that makes a big difference their cold brew that they've had this last at least a year maybe more than that is actually not bad I'll, I'll give them that it's okay we'll give them that yeah i can drink that yeah I don't, I don't drink hot drinks so maybe that's the problem yeah maybe they'll be a successful company now that they have some good iced beverages yeah <laughs> i was looking up the numbers for how many stores they have and we can get to that in a bit because it relates to this so, so basically how many stores do they have more than twenty three thousand in 2015 wow and looks like about half of that Half of them are right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, they're all little, they're on the same block, basically. Yeah, about half of that looks like to be U.S. locations, but that was that number's a year older, so I don't know. Well, it's somewhere in there, but that's quite a bit, obviously. So let's get into this. So I, the first, it all kind of stems from this. I assume it's a barista who started this post, basically saying the morale at Starbucks amongst the the people working there is is at a low maybe an all-time low or it's at least it's sinking because a slew of issues the first of which being the hours that the baristas are working there so and i think it's it's well documented that starbucks offers benefits to its employees which i think is a huge which has been a huge selling point for for a long time now and something they've gotten a lot of praise for but if you work there for the requirement to to get those benefits or you have to work at least 20 hours a week so obviously the the workers want to do that, but I, I think I would guess that most of the people working there probably see this as a full time job, just because if you're working a minimum twenty hours a week during the day, I mean it, it's tough to work two part time jobs and to make it just from a logistic standpoint to make it all kind of sort out. And the problem that I think a lot of these workers looks like a lot of these workers are having are it's very difficult to to work more than 25 hours a week there based on the the scheduling that's been done in recent what months or I don't know how long it's been going on but that seems to be the case I, I think for a little bit now yeah and so one of the reasons we're talking about this because this barista like you're you're saying named Jamie Prater Prater he started this campaign on this website I've never heard of it it's called coworker.org and it's basically an open letter 
to Starbucks where you can get multiple signatures. And right now they have 9,145 signatures of uh, basically, you know, and this letter explains kind of some of the grievances they have. And also some of these employees that give reasons as to why they're signing is actually pretty interesting. I'll, I'll just read a couple here. The first is McKenna S. McKenna S, if you're listening, shout out to you. As a shift, as a shift supervisor, I have maybe a half to two thirds the staff I need, and we're all extremely overworked and overwhelmed. Then I'm told that we're over on labor. Mobile orders have increased sales and created more need for labor. That's true. I know now when I order, I do that that mobile order, which is pretty cool. Yet the company is cutting labor. It creates a vicious cycle without adequate staffing. We are unable to process transactions quickly enough to earn the labor we have. The nightmare needs to end or a lot great talent will move on. And so, and then another one I thought was interesting was, this is from Preston J. shout out to him. This will have been my fourth year working as a barista. I have quote, fallen in like with my work at Starbucks because if you're intentional, you can really excel at it. The fact that experience doesn't have monetary value really soured my view of the company. And what he's referring to is, I guess they they were given about one or two raises a year mm-hmm. on average, and that has decreased to about once a year. Which I mean, and frankly, I mean that's not uncommon in in the industry. Right. But I, I if if that's true, if somehow experience isn't equal to money value, then I of course that makes sense that an employee would have agreements for that. Yeah. So what I'm trying to decide is if these workers, these people, are just complaining, or if they have a legitimate gripe, and it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. My my view is, I mean, you work at Starbucks and on one hand, they're getting these benefits, you know, they're, they're guaranteed a minimum of 20 hours a week, which, you know, at least that's some work and they have the benefits. But I, I do understand their pain and the, their the complaining in this and that, yeah, if you're only working 25 hours a week, which is barely over the, the minimum to get, to get the benefits, it is going to be difficult to pay all of your bills because one, you're not working a full 40 hours a week. And two, it's when you're working 25 hours at one job, I mean, you're going to have to find another job to give you another, what, 15, 20 hours and allow for flexibility in your scheduling and, you know, working two jobs at once. And we saw how that worked for uh, Michael Scott at the office on the That's office right. when he tried to work two jobs at once. That was an epic failure. Yeah, it, uh, it didn't work well. And so I, I do understand their, why they're complaining about this. So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't know what your take is. And there's, a, there's more to it, which we'll get to discussing, but I, I don't know if you have a, a different take than I do. They're a profitable company and they're actually doing pretty well. And so I, I do like the idea of really rewarding workers. And one thing that people do like about Starbucks that I know for certain is that people like to the quality of service, you know, being able to go into a coffee shop that you go to regularly, they know your name, they know your order. And those I've heard a lot of people that develop those kind of relationships with their baristas. But I do I do hear just from my my personal perspectives, hearing people not having the same exact experience that they used to have, I think, with Starbucks. And it's, it, it is starting to lose that little bit of that shine to it that it may have had in the past. Yeah, I'm looking through the what they call their special blend or what was the name of it? Yeah, your special blend, kind of the all the different benefits and pay it offers. I mean, it's quite a long list that it has on here. I mean, you have your base pay bonuses, the benefits, 401k, stock purchase plan, 
perks for partners, for higher level people. So I mean, that's quite a bit for, like I said, in that industry, you're gonna, it's going to be difficult to find something as good as that. I agree. And so like they may already be beating as far as remaining competitive. They already have some great aspects to them. First of all, a lot of companies don't start their benefits at 20 hours. Sometimes it's that higher. And, you, and, and frankly, unless there's a law requiring certain benefits, you don't have to provide those and you can change it however you want. So, and, and they also mentioned that, for example, Starbucks doesn't provide sick, sick leave unless it's required. And as we know in California, it is and certain cities around the country also have specific requirements. And so those kind of things, you know, may not meet its, its competition, but if they're all part-time workers, then maybe. And of course, the fact that they have, that they're pushing people to get into a part-time below 20 hours, obviously that's a, that's a cost saving for them. And that's yeah. a, frankly a common tactic by many, many employers. Yeah, the the change from two raises a year to one, I, I don't see any problem with that. And like you mentioned previously, it's, I think that's more than fair. The one, one comment that this person said I have issue with, Starbucks is more profitable than it's ever been. U.S. revenues were up 12% in the first three months of 2016. I'm not seeing that. My hours are continuing to be cut back. That's the frustration. That's where people see the disconnect. Doesn't that make perfect sense if there's less yeah. work? <laughs> like, that, 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 to, to me, that makes exact sense based on if they're more profitable because there's less labor hours. But I don't know. That's just... No, that's true. And like, and so in a way that I, I think the barista is basically saying like, I think they're saying that they should get a cut in that. They should somehow be rewarded from that revenue. But you're right. I mean, it it seems as though these kinds of cost-changing measures are what is increasing the revenue. And Starbucks is a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. I believe so. I think they're traded on the NASDAQ. Yep. Yeah, it was SBUX. Is that right? I'm trying to remember. SBUCS. That sounds right to me. Yep, it is. And, I mean, they they produce dividends, and their dividends have been going up. Uh, pretty much every every year, about a cent or two. So I mean, they're yeah, you're right. They they seem to be doing well, and it may have something to do with the fact that they've been making some cost cost changes. And the thing is, I mean, we we know that Starbucks in general has has been hurt in the recession. They they definitely pulled back some of their stores, right? And and they've also pulled out pulled back in certain regions, and they're not definitely not expanding as they used to be. I mean, I know just in Houston, it's ridiculous. You have you know, Starbucks is right across, some of the busiest Starbucks in Houston are right across from each other. And that's just, you know, how, how the market is. And, you know, so it's definitely still popular. Yeah, and, and I was kind of, you know, looking at the different things here. It looks like they they are continuing to grow after a few years of kind of plateauing in terms of adding new stores or, or losing them. But I mean, it could be some other larger issues at play. You know, they, I guess, so by whatever ranking systems used for customer satisfaction, they've they've dropped in that, or or dripped. Actually, that doesn't make sense. No, I like it. It sounds right. You know, they've closed. They closed all. Of, I didn't even know. I forgot they had these Tivana tea bars. It looks like they've closed all of those. Oh, that's right. And it's standalone bakery locations. Of course, there's some other. There's some lawsuits. A lawsuit accusing them of underfilling its lattes. Which did we mention that? I forgot if we talked about or we considered talking about that. That wasn't interesting. I could just be people asking for room. And I mean, that's just a common thing that I, I don't see. Me personally, the coffee shop I go to, oftentimes I don't fill it all the way up because most I get, I, like I mentioned before, I get iced coffee. Most people put something in it. I don't. And I don't really care. I mean, if. No, but there, there, this is an issue of kind of quality control. I have heard people complain about 
you know, them not filling it to the top or, or what have you. And this that's what this whole lawsuit's about. So, and again, that these kind of things may have something to do with the fact that maybe you're, you're, you're they're starting to skim on the labor force. And so you, you're, the quality of workforce isn't as good as it used to be, or they're overworked or what have, what have you, and mistakes happen. There's also another complaint about too much ice in the cold drinks, which... Which you can ask for no ice or low ice yeah. or whatever. So, I mean, it could be these these greater issues at play. You kind of, you mentioned it towards the beginning of, you know, it's it's a shift in, in how they're going about doing business, maybe some cost cutting. I mean, it just happens when businesses, especially ones of Starbucks's stature, how many locations they have. I mean, it's... Sometimes you have to do certain things in order to to keep growing, keep uh, they'll be fine with profitability, it looks like. But, you know, it's just the change that need to be made. And I, I mean, to me, I know their cult, the company culture has always been important to them. But, you know, I think the people, the baristas will continue to work there. Mostly, you know, one reason for that benefits package. And if they quit, yeah, other people will get slotted in and continue to work. There. I mean. I don't know how to make, I can make a regular black coffee, but I don't know how to make any other things, but I can't imagine if I had, you know, trained for a week, I could probably make all of the drinks that they make there. I have no idea how to do it right now, but yeah. And, and I'm sure that I'm, you know, not to minimize their work. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't take that long to train and, and I bet you they do have some, some sort of turnover because especially, I mean, there's not many types of people that can work part-time, right? You, you'll have more, more students, more kind of those that are just entering entry-level workforce people, individuals that, you know, need a job or doing something else otherwise. And so uh, those types of workers do tend to have, have more turnaround. Yeah. And they have this college achievement plan. Oh yeah. That educate. Exactly. You're, uh, I think we covered that too. Like they were going to pay for tuition or something like that. It was a little, it was not quite tuition or what was it? I can't remember. I think we covered it, right? Yeah. I think we did as well. I mean, to, to me, it's, you know they're doing some things now, but it seems like they do care about their their employees. I agree. I, I think they do a lot more than what most companies do, but you can definitely see that there is some cost savings efforts. I mean, they, they just changed their loyalty program, and I know I the only reason I know about this that people are upset about is because my, I know my wife complained as well, and anyone who goes to Starbucks and participates in their rewards program knows about this. But uh, this is this is by the way. <laughs> If I'm wrong, please correct me because I'm probably going to mess it up, but this is my understanding, okay? So so when you before you would go to Starbucks, whether you spent a dollar or $50, you would get a star. And you collect a certain number of stars, whatever it is, it's like 10 or whatever. I think it was 12. I'm reading this, yeah. According to this it was 12. Okay, 12, then you would get a free drink. And and so what was interesting, so like for example, if you're if you're going in there you're getting a drink and maybe have some pastry or sandwich or whatever, what my wife would do, and I think many people would do, is because they 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 understand it, they expect it, is you would actually separate the transactions. So technically, it would be more than yeah. one visit. So with two items, you would get two stars and, and and two transactions, and then that's how you build up your stars. And if you get a certain number of stars, then you get a gold card, and somehow that's you're the greatest person in the world. And so like there's there's other benefits. So that's how it used to be. Now. I remember when this happened because I started looking at their terms of service, how they actually managed to do this, but they did change the rewards program. And obviously since it's not really, there's not really a contract, you didn't really lose what you already already had. 
but they did change how you gain these stars. And basically it's based upon the dollars amount that you spend. So before, if you, whether you spent $2 on a coffee or, or $10 on a coffee, or well, I don't know how much <laughs> the most expensive one is, you would get one star. But now basically once one, $1 equals one point or something to that effect. Yeah. And, and, and I guess some to get a, I think a free drink, you basically have to get, you have to spend about $62 or so. Yeah, I think it's, oh, I just lost it. I think it might be two, two stars per dollar spent. Yeah, 125 points. So roughly $62, which is what, a little over $5 for 12 visits, which, I mean, I, I like, <laughs> I get the most basic thing there. And so, well, maybe not the normal Starbucks, but I've, I've paid $5 for like a coffee before. And I maybe that's probably in like Vegas or something. But that's, a, I guess it's an 8% discount i mean that's not crazy i mean that's uh that's not bad yeah i mean i get why people are upset but you know obviously it's people were exploiting the the reward system which is fine i have no problem with people doing that it's the way it's set up so they have to shift and change but it's not that much different i mean this isn't southwest airlines where it used to be like i don't know if you remember like the old 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 rapids rewards it was like eight flights and you get one free and now it's like you know, spend a hundred thousand points and you get a free flight. So it's like vastly different from what it used to be to me, 12 visits versus $62 over 12 visits. Isn't that big of a difference, but I can see why people are upset about it. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with both sides in this situation. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't go to Starbucks. So, well, according to Starbucks, and this is, this is interesting too. I mean, this has to do with anytime you have any kind of rewards programs and, and rewards programs are, by the way, don't take them lightly. I know even like small shops have those cards where you stamp them or whatever, but then there's always a transition period when you get rid of the, that program, if it's temporary, for example, you have to allow some time period where people can still use those stamps and so forth. So there's there's some regulations that, that come with that. But anyway, Starbucks's response to kind of the blowback was kind of interesting because it's their position that the new program pretty much reflects, you know, it's actually somehow better for the the customer. They say somehow it, it, it's the reflects the number one request we heard from members: more stars awarded based on what you buy. And they say that. If customers simply continue to engage as they currently do, instead of engaging more as we believe they will, the vast majority of customers will earn just as many rewards as fast as they would have before. That's easy to prove. Just look at your rewards customers. If they're spending more than the $5 and change per visit, then they're benefiting from this new reward system. If they're spending under it, they're not. I mean, that's that's really all it is. Well, that's that's your perspective. (laughs) J Dobbs on Twitter says, "I was going to read that one too. It was hilarious." Oh, you're that's such a lie. Don't spit it like it's a customer base. BS. It's corporate greed based. Well, I was going to say, yeah. At at Big J Dubs, <laughs> I did not have, had a problem with this corporate greed. I mean, to me, it's this is consumer greed, but that's fine. It's well. At Lindsay Mills also said, Starbucks reward program changes are complete BS in, in my humble opinion. <laughs> so no, just her opinion. It wasn't humble opinion. Oh uh, yeah. That's that. I, I missed the acronym. I am. <laughs> what just real quick. I want to get your take on this. I've never done it. And I, and I get kind of annoyed when people do it sometimes it just depends on the situation. But what do you think of people that have a bad customer have a bad experience and then we'll immediately just tweet at the company complaining about their experience and hopes to get like a free 
whatever. It's a good, oh, that's a good question for, for me because I, I've gone through phases where <laughs> I, I fight to the teeth for every little stupid thing. I don't do it publicly on Twitter or Facebook. That seems a little weird to me. But honestly, like if, if, you, if you do have a bad customer experience and you call and you just explain very calmly, you know, depending upon the company, nine out of 10 times, they'll give you something for free. Yeah. And in a way, like I, I feel like in, in the past, when I felt like I had more time back then. Now I feel like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'll be thinking. But in the past, it's like it made sense to go through that because, you know, you, you feel vindicated for in a way you, you know, you felt that you were somehow treated incorrectly. And so there's some kind of remedy to, to that. And most companies that most good companies, good sized companies will be very responsive. I and mean, everything from, you know, if you had a bad food experience to, you know, even airlines I've had issues with. And, and if you kind of run up the line with it, and even with the ones that are, notoriously difficult to work with they'll they'll eventually give in and 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 provide you with some you know positive response to me i I have the philosophy that it all just kind of evens out so if i go to a restaurant or pick up get to go and they forget something it'll even out because i'll go some other time and get something extra or like i don't know i just no that that never happens if if but if i if i do get the wrong order i just call the manager and they'll the, the what they'll this is standard in every restaurant. This is some advice for everybody, right? If you get if you get a bad order, just call the manager. The same day is better, you know. And they'll say, "Oh, okay, just come in. We'll give you a gift card." And it's I've done it many times because, like, as you guys know, when it's like you know you go through a drive-through, a drive-through I haven't done in a while, but like a carry-out or whatever, and you open it up, you get something completely wrong. You're already home. Yeah. I mean that that can be frustrating, especially with people that have dietary restrictions which is, that's where it's come up for me. It's yeah. like, you know, it, it's, that, that's a kind of a huge annoying issue, you know? So I don't know. Anyway, that's. You're wrong about this. Cause I I've had countless times where I've gotten something free by accident. Like, I, I mean, I can't even, no, I'm no joke, not joking. Can't even count the number of times that's happened in my life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I cannot count them either because I can't think of one time that it's happened. Maybe, oh, I do get like, sometimes I get like, when you get order fries, you get like an extra onion ring. Is that what you mean? <laughs> no, but that's happened to me before as well. That's happened to you before too. Well, you by the way, usually, again, typically when you get any kind of compensation or, or gift card or whatever, it's usually for more than, you know, just the item that you've lost. And they also yeah. compensate you for the, Oh, you know. well, here you go. You love fish tacos. There's this one place my wife and I go to. One time we both ordered the fish tacos, so we got two orders, and we got our thing, and they gave us three orders. So we just got a free order of fish tacos, which you would have loved, because that's what you like. Yeah, I do I do enjoy fish tacos. So, so what are you saying? So so, so you're never going to complain, you're just ha- hoping that things are just going to even out in the long run? I guess that's, that's not a bad approach, I suppose. I think if I look... If I, less stressful. If there was a way to go back and I could track the number of times that I lost money or on something as opposed to gained, I think my gains exceed my losses. So I'm, I think it's fine. Wow. I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't say that myself, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong as well, but I, I, I'd honestly like to hear some other third party perspective. Okay. If you guys have any opinion on that, because that's, I have the opposite opinion, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> well, good. Sauce versus crusts. Classic. <laughs> Well, anyway, so Starbucks, I mean, generally, I mean, they're, they're doing what they do. I and mean, th- th- some of these things are like so common in the corporate world. I mean, I, I've had these conversations regarding benefits and, 
and cutting workforce. And we talked about it with the with the new minimum wage for exempt workers, right? We talked about one of the one of the results of that change. And we talked and just to, as a reminder, through executive order or through the through the Department of Labor, they issued minimum minimum wage for ex, an exempt status. Those that means exempt from overtime and things like that. And one of the one of the ways that companies may try to change or try to avoid paying overtime is to have those workers work part-time or less than 48 hour, 40 hours a week and then hire another worker. And that may happen. And that may also have an unintended effect where workers may say, well, you're working less than 40 hours a week, then you're not a full-time employee under our, our standard. We, you don't get the same kind of benefits. And that happens too. Yeah. So. And by the way, a lot of people, this isn't kind of a mis, uh, misunderstanding. A lot of people think that full-time is defined by 20 hours or more. The reality is it, it, it depends upon what we're talking about because what's the significance of whether you're full-time and part-time? Often it's benefits. And when we're talking about benefits, that distinction of how, what's considered full-time may be employer-specific. Some employers may say you only get health benefits or a certain, or a certain kind of benefits, sick pay or vacation pay, depending upon local rules or whatever, if you work 30 hours or more or 35 hours or more. And so there's really no standard in that respect. Now, there are other implications, like, for example, there's FTEs as a full-time equivalent. So all these do come into play, and there are some kind of standards of what is considered full-time or part-time under certain statutes, but generally there's no standard rule for, for that definition. Just a little tidbit there. People are still listening. That's some good advice. Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped listening myself, so <laughs> that's fine. Uh, well, this is our 4th of July episode, I guess. And well, hopefully. Hopefully that's when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going to come out on the 4th of July, but it's... Yeah, yeah. It won't come out on the 4th yeah. of July. Anyway, all right. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.